0: Hello, and welcome to Critical Insanity. I am your host and DM, Ethan Butler, and today I am here with another one of my players, Xander Corkins. He will be voicing our brave armorer, Varric. Now, uh, Xander, could you give us a quick rundown of what Varric looks like, Um, and uh, just who Varric is?
1: Okay, Um, I can do that. So, Viric is a Void Tiefling, so it's a mixture of either purple or black, just depending on which. Um, tieflings have horns on their head, so but mine are kind of in his head, not in his head, but are laying on top, kind of smooth. They don't go up like, like demon horns. Um, Varric is also wearing armor for most of this time, he is basically hiding the fact that he's a tiefling, because in this world there is a prejudice against them, so even though it's not extremely rare, if I were to get spotted people would try to kill me instantly, but enough to where you, uh, you would be freaked out. Um, Varric's an artificer of course, so he's a supposedly the smart one in the group, um, and I picked the subclass of armor, which basically means I can become Iron Man at some points. Now, Veric does not have a right arm, completely gone, but because of his class, basically I get to right that very easily. Um, Verick's past is a normal one, but with a little bit of a twist. Grew up in a normal village with townspeople, the town was diverse, but of course they still had prejudice against us. Veric still has his mom and dad, he's not the stereotypical, my mom and dad, are parents are dead type of situation, so honestly it was, um... One day when he was left alone, when he was like 15, 14-ish, with his little sister, um, this dragon, quote-unquote, dragon, attacked the town. It burned down our house, and Varric tried to protect his little sister, and this is the incident that made him lose his right arm. Now, some facts are a little detailed, so I couldn't tell, or Beric couldn't tell if it was a dragon or not, but he believes it is a dragon. Um, yeah, he set out on his little uh, goal to go find his sister and just build a life for him.
0: Alright, and uh, Varric, so at this point in time, you've been searching for the thing that has taken your sister. Um, You don't know exactly what it was, but you you think it was a dragon. Now, you had heard of artifacts that could help you find your sister and help you find this beast that took her. And one such artifact is known as Dagon's Codex. Dagon being the god of man, beasts, and the circle of life would obviously have an artifact that would be able to inform you of the many beasts of this land. So, uh, you figured, why not head to where it is rumored to be? In the jungle lands just south of, the, of Um You are you're you've been exploring for quite a while deep into this jungle and you finally found it a large stone temple um huge obelisks uh just jutting out of the ground on either side of it uh it's it's a large like pyramid almost um and it's got a simple uh stone archway that leads to its doors
1: Before anything else happens, um, Varric is going to reach into his back pocket and pull out his journal. His journal also has a little pencil, and he's going to make a mock sketch of this ruin.
0: Alright, yeah, noted. He he sketches out the ruin, all of its different details. Um, The engravings seem to be written in an ancient language. Um, I don't know if Varric knows Celestial, but if he does, he will be able to understand these engravings.
1: Draconic just because it made sense for when I met the dragon. I think I picked Draconic. And be yeah, that.
0: so... He probably would not be... He wouldn't understand these carvings, but he knows that they're old.
1: Okay. Um, also, viewers, I forgot to state this. Varric is a constructor. That's his kind of background. That's what his dad was. Um, and so he has a very much love for architects, so that is why I took out a notebook and made a design of it.
0: Yes so you're at this temple feel free to explore
1: um okay so you said there's a just normal archway and just goes in um i mean i'm gonna keep my book out in the pencil and then i'm just gonna start walking in
0: all right yeah you you walk up to this archway and the door is a single stone slab um seemingly no hinges Um, and and no knobs or anything. It seems as though the stone has always been there and the temple was built around it. But uh, on each side of you are are orbs. There's about four orbs on each wall and all of them have a different animal on them. The animals go. Uh, These orbs can be shifted around into different ordering. Like, you can take them out and order them in different ways. But it goes Jaguar, and then from Jaguar it goes Hog. From Hog it goes Grub, and then from Grub it goes Snake. And on the other side, it has Snake, and then it has a Grub. Then it has a Mouse, then it has a Hawk.
1: Snake and all that. I'm gonna put it in the order of prey. So, what would eat the? I think it's mouse, snake, hawk. Wait, was there a fourth one?
0: There was a grub.
1: Okay, so grub, rat, or mouse, whatever, snake, hawk.
0: Yep, as you click it, all the orbs spin and then lock into place, and uh, you hear the stone, you hear large stone cylinders unlock from the wall on the other side uh remember that there's jaguar hog grub and
1: snake okay on the other one i'll do grub snake hog Hawk.
0: all right the the orbs shake a little bit but they do not move
1: then let me reverse it so grub on top and
0: Again, they don't
1: move. So it's not order of prey, and it's not of order of prey.
0: I'll let you roll animal handling or history, uh, up to you, if you want to try and identify these carvings, thing. deeper. I
1: got a fifteen.
0: Alright, and what check is that for? That is history. Alright, um, looking at it, you recognize that that snake is not a normal snake. It's uh, it's supposed to be, it doesn't look like the one that's on the other wall. Uh, the one on the other wall seems to be a smaller, thinner snake. This is a large, fat snake with a large head. Uh, there's no hawk, but jaguar. it's a uh, jaguar. Yeah, uh, as, you, as you click them into place, uh, you realize the hog eats the grub, the snake eats the hog, and the jaguar eats the snake. And the door unlocks, and the stone crushes down into the earth and opens. You can feel the rush of cold dungeon air.
1: Bloody hell, I can't believe that actually worked. Um, and before anything else, I'm going to cast, uh, Detect Magic.
0: Alright, how would you like that to manifest?
1: So basically, um... Oh, at this point also, I forgot to mention, technically, his right arm is activated, so... Only the right arm, so only his armor. So his armored hand is basically going to pop off, and it's to to a little sat- uh, satellite dish, and then it's going to kind of just turn around and beep whenever it finds something magic.
0: All right, and what do I have to roll? What's the spell save DC? Uh, so if something was magical and wanted to remain hidden, what would I have to
1: roll? It does not say. It just says for the duration, you sense the presence of magic within thirty feet of you. If you sense magic, oh, in well. way, you can use your action to see a faint aura around any visible creature or object in the area that bears magic, and you learn a school of magic, if any. Stone. All right. Yeah. Barriers, but it is blocked by one foot of stone, one inch of common metal, one thin sheet of lead, or three foot, or three feet of wood or dirt.
0: All right. Yeah. You um, your hand pops off, and it creates this satellite dish, and that satellite dish starts pinging, and you see the auras of three uh, what seem to be stone figures.
1: I see exactly where they are? Do I, or...
0: Relatively, yes.
1: Okay, where are they?
0: Uh, So in this darkened room, it's a large, uh, in the, in the darkened room, it's a large courtyard. Um, there are, uh, it's actually, do you have dark vision?
1: I am a tiefling, so I'm pretty sure I have dark vision. I'm pretty sure it's the only race that doesn't use yeah, dark dip- All right. Yeah. 60 feet.
0: Yeah, so in this room, uh, all you see are six stone statues and a large pillar in the center of it. Um, there are two statues on the back wall, two statues on the left wall, two statues on the right wall.
1: Statues. Um, okay, when I enter in, I'm going to kind of get in a ready position. So if something were to try to come at me, I'm going to be prepared.
0: All right. Um, you walk in, and nothing happens. There's just the, the, the they're all they're all there. Uh, you can still see the auras of the magic statues. Um, there, the second statue on the right wall is magical. The first statue on the left wall is magical, and the leftmost back wall statue is magical.
1: Let's go to the closest one to Varric.
0: All right, that would be the first left wall statue. Yeah. It is carved in the shape of a human knight. Um, his sword is pointed down at the ground. One hand on the handle, the other hand on top of the uh, on top of the pommel, and um, he stands there. His armor is um, ancient plating design. Uh, obviously carved a long time ago but in interesting fashion uh, you notice that he actually the armor itself like the statue's stone but the armor itself is made of metal
1: so it's made out of metal the statue's made out of
0: metal no the statue's made out of stone but the armor it's wearing it's made out of metal The armor is extremely heavy, almost like it's holding the statue down. Okay. As you start to unclip uh, piece after piece of this armor, um, the statue seems to start hovering off of the ground.
1: Is there anything underneath him?
0: No, but now that the statue is light, have you taken off all the armor? Yes. Alright, the statue hovers about four feet above the ground, and it is now almost, like, weightless. Like, you're able to just push it around.
1: Is there a empty, um, pedestal?
0: There's no empty pedestal, but a pillar in the middle of the room. The pillar in the middle stands at about eight feet. This is a huge pillar and carved with intricate um like almost like a uh what do you call it? Like a mural. Almost carved with a mural that tells a story. And in the center is carved words in um Elvish. Yeah, unfortunately I do not know Elvish.
1: I'm pretty sure what do you think on
0: tieflings usually speak common, abyssal, and maybe draconic.
1: Well, I'd pick draconic just because it makes sense if I were never friends with draconic. For you, Um, (laughs) Yeah. So no, I uh, don't understand elvish.
0: Well, it looks like you might have to roll uh, history to see if you recognize the carvings. 18. Ooh, yeah. You recognize the carvings to be um, it shows a duel of six knights. Two human knights, two dragonborn knights, and two elvish knights. And what were
1: the statues all again? But, like, or I like someone, so I have a human on me.
0: Yes, you've got the human with you, and that one was once at the left wall. Next to him stands the dragon statue. Uh, at the back wall stands an elvish statue. And a human statue and at the right wall is a dragon statue and an elvish statue
1: okay I think I understand this so, um does the mural detect which way each of the races are standing so like who's standing to the left right and the back
0: yes um the dragons are standing at the back or no the the dragons are standing at the left. Humans are standing at the back, and the elves are standing to the right.
1: Okay. So I'm just going to make this like a group thing, so I'm not like going to take forever to do this. But basically, I'm going to drag the human to the back wall. And then, what was on the back wall again? Okay. Uh, there's a I'm
0: magical just... elvish knight who's wearing also the same sort of metal armor next to a human knight
1: swap out the Elvish and the Human. So I'm going to take off the Elvish right? and swap.
0: Yeah, and you swap him out and the Human statue sets down and his armor that you had taken off flies across the room and locks back into place and turns to
1: stone. Okay, then I'm going to take the Elvish and go to the, where the other Elvish is. I'm going to switch out whatever race is different and then just do it again for the other one. So.
0: Yeah, and as all of them lock into place in the stone, they all lift their swords up and point it at the pillar and the pillar begins to sink into the ground until it hits ground level.
1: This feels like a dungeon. That's Hopefully I'm not going to fight anyone today, and then you'll walk down.
0: Alright, you walk um, down the the, the hole that was once where the pillar was, and the pillar had created a spiral staircase almost out of nothing. Like, if the stone was alive and making a staircase as you went. alright, you get as you go down, it gets colder uh, the the air has got a bitter chill to it, um and you enter a room with what seems to be a, a single like a, all the walls are stone and a single hole and on the ground are a bunch of metal pillars a bunch of metal poles Nope.
1: Uh, describe the room again,
0: sorry. Uh, it is just a blank stone room with a single hole in the wall right across from you, and a bunch of metal pillars.
1: I'm gonna go over to the metal pillars and see if
0: I can move them. Or, they're not metal pillars, it's like metal poles just littering the ground. Yeah, my bad. Uh, yeah, just metal poles littering the ground.
1: Pick them up and then go over to the hole.
0: All right. Um, there's like dozens. Uh, so you, I assume you just pick up the random one. Yeah, just pick up one. Uh, you pick it up and standing and sitting next to the hole is like almost hovering is a scroll with a necklace wrapped around it.
1: Necklace. Okay, I'm gonna try to pick it up. Yeah,
0: you grab it. Uh, The necklace is warm to the touch, despite the air being so cold you can see your own breath. Um, And the scroll is written in common. Uh, The scroll basically reads, um, uh, This room is cold. Warm yourself up. Put it on, and uh, you feel a just pulse of magic energy.
1: Okay, do I feel warmer?
0: Uh, You don't feel warmer.
1: Can I try to make him an arcana check to see what this does, the necklace?
0: Yes. as you can tell, this necklace uh, is really just made of elvish style and that's about it.
1: Um, okay. Um, when I look down the hole, is, is there anything down there or is it just too dark?
0: Uh, it's too dark for even your dark vision to see. fits snugly in the hole. As you push it, uh, you hear slide all the way to the back, uh, and then fall, and make a tinking noise. And then the room gets colder.
1: I'm going to pull it back
0: out real quick? You uh, You cannot.
1: put all the poles in with me jim just like one by one put them all in
0: each time you put one in the room gets colder
1: okay and then last one shoved in
0: uh the room is so cold that you can feel the armor of your armored arm uh getting colder and more brittle uh, at this point you are just freezing it is very very cold
1: Now, With this, I'm going to cast Firebolt, but I don't want to shoot it. I want to basically contain it, like shoot it and then, because if I'm correct, Firebolt shoots three different projectiles. No, you hurl a mote of fire at the creature. Never mind. Um, I basically just kind of want to see if I can shoot uh, Firebolt and then kind of just shoot it between my hands.
0: Uh, yeah, actually, I'm gonna have to have you roll an arcana check for that.
1: Really? I got 18.
0: Alright, you fire the firebolt, and you hold it between your hands, and you can feel the cold, almost as if, like, there's a set of cold hands as well, uh, trying to put, extinguish your flame as you hold it. Um... And, and you're just exerting this force to hold this ball of heat, and at one point, you finally, you get it at a stable spot where you can hold this ball of heat, but nothing in the room changes.
1: Okay, well, at least I'm not going to freeze now. Um, and did nothing change in the room, right?
0: Nothing at all. Right, you take off the necklace and um, you just feel that pulse of magical energy leave. But do you have the scroll on you?
1: Yeah, I kept it.
0: Is it near the heat?
1: You no, know, it's kind of like on my chest and I have my hands out extended. So if anything, it's like arm's length. length. But,
0: but the heat is still like, radiating towards it, right?
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of pushing it towards myself a little bit, so yeah.
0: Yeah, um, with just the slightest bit of heat, uh, the invisible ink on the scroll reveals itself.
1: I was like, no, nothing's happening. Uh, I did a smart thing. Without reason, I did a smart thing.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, so the invisible ink shows a sketch of a figure holding a metal rod, um, and wearing the necklace and the metal rod, uh, he seems to be um just, like, the metal rod seems to be orange, almost.
1: Okay, I'm going to put on the necklace again, and then I'm going to go to each of the poles and put my hand on it to accept like
0: Well, the poles are all inside that, like, wall, because you shoved them into the hole. Yeah, you couldn't get them out, so they're all inside that hole now.
1: Wait, wait, wait. Okay, wait. Can I even reach them? I'm not saying to pull them out. I'm just saying, can I touch them at all? No. Uh, no. <laughs> I'm guessing I've screwed myself then, because if
0: not entirely, you just gotta think your way out of this. climb through the the wall you can the hole is just big enough for you to place your entire palm on the on the hole itself Yeah, um, you wrap the chain around your hand and you stick the necklace, uh, jewel into the hole and you feel a force start to pull the metal. Uh, almost like a magnet is at the other end of this hole and then it, it's trying to pull the necklace.
1: Okay, uh, do I need to make anything to make sure the necklace doesn't flying out of my hand?
0: Uh, no, I assume you've uh, you've secured it on your hand by wrapping it around. Yeah.
1: Okay, so I'm just gonna wait until see anything yeah. happens
0: so you yeah you're just holding this at this hole uh the magnet begins to pull more
1: is anything happening in the room or is it just still nothing
0: uh same cold um The size and shape of an orb, the size of your palm.
1: The only orbs were the ones outside. And I don't think they were taken down. A... How big is the necklace?
0: The necklace is, um, it's not very big. It's, it's, it's a jewel about like the size of a quarter. ...attached
1: to a chain. Oh, I really hope I'm not going to screw myself over here. I'm going to let it go.
0: Alright, you let it go. The chain unfurls, and it flies into the hole. And, uh... At first, nothing happens, and then the room starts to heat up. Um... The... You feel that cold start to go away. Your arm, your metal arm, that was getting very brittle... Uh, begins to get back to its normal, uh, loose functionality. Uh, you can hear the metal rods uh, melting inside your inside that stone wall, and then the stone itself cracks and shatters, and you watch as this molten metal uh, seeps into these cracks uh, in the walls, and the whole room glows up with this molten metal light. And, um, there's a hallway now. All right, as you walk down it, uh, it it's, there's these trails of molten metal that are lighting the hallway. As it twists and turns and goes lower and lower until you reach another courtier. Um, this time, the courtier has a large stone ball with a giant chain attached to it and the chain is strung around five different columns in an intricate pattern. And the end of the chain is dangling from uh, the closest column to the entrance of this room. right yeah i'm gonna need you to make a strength check okay
1: Okay.
0: Uh, 19 all right yeah you um even though the the chain and the ball are very heavy you start throwing the chain around uh, unraveling each and every one until finally you have a length of about 100 feet of chain and a large stone ball and the pillars that it was wrapped around um form a sort of triangle. So the ball is at one end, and then there's one pillar, and two pillars behind it, and then four pillars behind those, and then eight pillars behind those. And, yeah. yeah Here, I'm going to send you a picture of what
1: the yeah, arrangement looks like uh, I can detail things I'm very much confused what this room looks like
0: It's a ball. And those other small circles are pillars.
1: Is the first section of three big enough to hold, like, within it, the ball?
0: Uh, no. Uh, would you like to make a... History check for me. Or, no, this isn't history, this is perception. Yeah,
1: I, said, I still think I have a high perception.
0: Uh, 19. Alright, yeah, you notice that the pillars aren't secured to the ground.
1: Can I push one? Yeah. Push.
0: Yeah, you, you give it a push and it just falls over and shatters into a bunch of chunks of marble the inside is a piece of paper
1: okay i'm gonna pick it up and read it or attempt to read it if it's not, not...
0: it's got like half an elvish symbol on it it's one of many pieces
1: Eric oh, okay. looks at the chain, chain ball looks at all the statue uh, pillars back at the chain ball i think it's time for a demolition and he's gonna grab one at the end of the chain and try to flip <laughs> the chain ball Yes!
0: The first one liner. Oh, that was that was, that you don't know how much joy that gave me hearing you say it looks like it's time for a demolition. I am
1: I made a, overzealous. I made a construction plan without even me thinking about it. I did actually do that. I'm happy with my time.
0: <laughs> that was beautiful. And uh yeah, uh Varric make me a strength check.
1: Uh, unnatural 20. I thought it was a not 21st, second, second, but no, it's not. It's an unnatural 20.
0: All right, you start swinging the, this ball and chain around, and it actually starts picking up some speed, and you slam it into the pillars, and they all shatter into marble, just chunks of marble. And uh, all those pieces of paper that were inside the pillars come floating up and attach together to form a spell scroll Ooh. in your hand.
1: Do I know what the spell is?
0: Uh, do you read Gnomish?
1: No, I do not read Gnomish.
0: (laughs) Alright. As far as you can tell, the spell's written in Gnomish. But, even though you cannot read the spell scroll, you can attempt to make an arcana check to use it
1: anyways. I will do that. I got a 19.
0: Alright, actually, yeah. You're like, wait a second this symbol here it, even though it's gnomish, it looks a lot like the common symbol for earth and so you 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 connect your your magical t- tyfling roots with this with this scroll and as as you hear the dm pulling stuff out of his pulling stuff out of his rear end trying to figure out reasoning for this you cast mold earth on all those chunks of marble and they form into a ramp leading into the darkness of this huge because the the room you're in doesn't have a ceiling and so it forms a ramp leading up into the darkness uh, where the ceiling would be
1: Okay. before that can I make a perception to see if I find anything else in here of value yeah okay 15
0: Um, yeah, you actually, um, you do see something interesting. It's a little gold medallion embedded in the wall. Uh, it's very obscured, almost as if somebody had put it there, uh, and had been just waiting for someone else to find it. Okay. The
1: gold medallion, what does the medallion look like?
0: Uh, it is a large medallion with the shape of a dragon's head on the front of it.
1: What bloody hell? What of course it had to be a dragon. And he's going to reach out and grab it.
0: Alright, you pull it from the wall and, um... As you pull it from the wall, a green sickly gas starts to leak from the hole where the medallion was.
1: Oh, cool. technically with armor, like with the helmet armor, does that at all count as a filter?
0: Uh, no. You have to uh, design your own filter. Damn.
1: Well, good thing we're doing a, a run. I already know what technically this fight's gonna be like, so technically I'll do it fast. Um... Okay. Uh... Hold on, let me check one more thing. Do you count Mage Hand as a physical object?
0: Uh, depending.
1: Basically the idea is I'm just gonna summon Mage Hand and plug it against the wall.
0: Oh yeah, that would work, but uh, you can't hold Mage Hand forever.
1: I know, but at least for a little bit while I run. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah.
0: yeah. you cast Mage Hand, and it just kind of puts it against the wall. And because the Mage Hand is transparent, um, you can see the gas building and gurgling just beyond the hand. And uh, you sprint up the ramp. Yeah, as you, uh, as you go up the ramp into the darkness, um, there's a there's just a roof of fog, right above you. It's a grayish fog. well, it's a, it's a roof of, like, grayish fog that you can just, like, put your hand through if you really
1: wanted to. Mm, my instincts are telling me that I should put my hand through this. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's just fog.
1: Okay. Whew. I'm gonna comedically uh, put my hands against the fog and poke my head up.
0: Alright, you poke your head up, and there's just a very brightly lit room. Yeah, You notice that the fog is solid on the other side. Like, you can put your hands against it and lift yourself up. I will do so. Yeah, you pull yourself up, and standing in the room is a ginormous wild hellhound.
1: Bloody hell, of course, that, why is that a dog in here?
0: On the other side, right behind you, are three pillars. There is carrots, blueberries, and steak. attacking me. No, it's just, it's growling, though. I'm gonna Looking ready to attack I'm gonna move
1: towards the food.
0: You very move towards the food, and the dog hard. circles to face you more.
1: Okay. I'm gonna put my hand next to each one. Don't grab anything. Next to each one, and see his reaction.
0: Uh, he doesn't seem to react if you put your hand to any. He's still growling. not going to hit him. Alright, you toss it, and he snaps it up uh, greedily. And then he he swallows, and then he starts growling.
1: Is there anything else, or is it just this?
0: It's just the food.
1: Do the pillars they're on have anything on them?
0: Nope, they're actually uh, Greek-style pillars, so... Which is an architecture form you've never seen before.
1: If Varick doesn't... If, so if Varick realize that? Yes. Veric instantly is drawing it and writing down what is this. So.
0: Yep, uh, you pull out your journal, you write it, and the dog growls more as you finish your sketch.
1: Shut the hell up. Um... <laughs> <laughs>
0: The dog kind of cocks its head, almost as if it's, like, never been told that before.
1: Okay, I'm gonna grab one of You said it was grapes, or what? Blueberries. Please don't be poisoned. Eat.
0: You eat it, and the dog stops and stares at you, and then it growls again. You eat the carrot, the dog stops and sits down and gives you a sort of pouty face.
1: Do you want one?
0: It You notice its humongous tail wagging back and forth. I'm
1: gonna grab, it's like in a bowl, right? I'm going to grab a yeah. bowl of carrots and I'm going to toss him one.
0: Uh, you toss him one and he catches it and snaps it up and then he comes towards you closer. Uh, not in a threatening way, more of just like a want more food way. I mean you, have, you understand exactly this kind of motion. I know what you're about. Okay. Um
1: I'll just toss him another one.
0: Yep. Uh he 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 snaps it up and you hear a slow clap. And walking out from behind the dog is a man dressed in uh deer furs. He's got a deer skull over his head. His eyes are alight with green fire. And on his back is slung a large bow made of a rib bone, and arrows made of human femurs. On his belt are skulls of every animal um, and race known to, like, everyone.
1: You look very th- threatening, my friend. Are you threatening?
0: I promise you, my good boy, I am not threatening. For I am the patron of this temple, I guess you could say. Um, you may know me by many names, uh, but I like to go by uh, Big Daddy Dagon, you know, it's just a personal is, is preference.
1: Is, like, is this like, Varric is going to face bomb in his helmet, like he's just to face bomb onto the helmet, Then to be like, Of course, it is
0: <laughs> Dagon size, and he goes, All right, well. I guess you don't want to read from my codex.
1: sorry. I just didn't expect that from you. I'm very sorry. No, I really do.
0: <laughs> I'm I'm not like the other gods. Every god likes to push their own agenda on the people that serve them. Not me. Not really. Uh, see, I like the natural order of things. And your question vexes me. Because you're searching for an animal. That took your sister and your your house, but that animal was not created by me. Which is what troubles me, because my friend, if I didn't create that animal, then it is truly a hell spawn, something beyond this world and the most disgusting abomination upon this land.
1: Codex ever. Speak
0: of it. The Codex has no writing of it because I did not create it. But I will give you something to help you find it. And if you kill it, bring me back its head. And in return, i uh, you'll have a very powerful ally in your corner. <laughs> Of course, you'll always have me in your corner, uh, seeing as though I'm kind of choosing you to be my pseudo champion in defending the natural order of things. So I guess I am technically pushing my own agenda, but I think anybody would want the natural order of things, you know, reserved, put broad kept. I
1: mean but I mean you make a great deal. Codex ever tell of where my sister is?
0: The Codex is a very powerful object, but whatever took your sister has found a way to hide her location from the Codex's knowledge.
1: So does that mean she's still alive?
0: I am a god. I can feel the life forces, the life strings of every living being and I can pluck them as I please, like I can pluck yours. feel And he, he twiddles his finger and you feel your very soul shake.
1: Answer the question if my sister is alive. Then her.
0: her life string I has not snapped. She is alive, but I worry that it grows tense stress if you don't get to her sh- quickly the creature will kill her or turn her turn her turn her to something very very far past nature
1: and if that
0: I would require you to kill what was once your sister, but do not think of me as a monster because if your sister got to that point, you would not even see her as your sister. She would be an amalgamation of evil and abomination. There would be no saving her. that's wistful thinking I used to think the same way now Matthias the god of order will probably hate me for interfering with your mortal lives too much but I'll tell you this I've put in a good word with a good friend and I've gotten you a job on the land where that beast that took your sister resides it's called Osvenscraft if you haven't heard of it Uh, the Dorvan Empire The beast resides in one of the ruins but something far more dangerous and far more deadly resides in those ruins. Another creature of um, unnatural creation, something I did not create and something I cannot control. So my boy, I give you this. You follow the path that I provide for you and we may just yet save your sister and all of nature. But you turn away now, and your sister is as good as gone, and so is the world.
1: I'm dead that I know about this, but I just really want to make a point about it and joke about it. Mm-hmm. But I have a bloody feeling that there's going to be a group of people who are accessing the world, but I don't know, I'm just making assumptions here. <laughs> right.
0: My friend you are quite correct and he pulls out of his his non-existent sleeve a purple envelope sealed with gold wax he looks at you and he goes a friend of mine his name's Valdrig, very close to beric uh is assembling a group of adventurers i do ask you to please join them i need a a man on the inside to help direct them to saving nature, not destroying it. Since most of the dwarven artif- artifacts hidden in those ruins are ones that, uh, let's just say, are very dangerous to my realm.
1: I mean, if it states a world destroying power, of course you have to be the dwarves.
0: Yep, the dwarves always love to twiddle with the forces of nature go right against my will. But I created them to do so because what is life without a little fun? Um, and he offers you the envelope.
1: Before I take the envelope, now do I know for sure you're not lying. I know you're a god and everything, but is there a way we can seal this?
0: I'll seal it with this. And he pulls out a dagger uh, uh, and he summons a sheath f- weaved out of what seems to be willow branches and he hands it to you
1: accept it. Okay.
0: this dagger is one that belonged to my son before Narpheus killed him i give it to you as a sign of peace as long as you carry it no wild animal that i can control will harm you I cannot say the rest for anyone you travel with, but no wild animal will do you harm.
1: Okay, then. And then we are to reach over and grab the owl.
0: He nods and, uh, in a flash of light, you're standing in the middle of the jungle with a purple envelope sealed in gold wax.
1: Good. And before, because I feel like we're here, about to get to the end real quick, um, what does the dragon amulet do that I-
0: the dragon medallion that you have
1: yes the one I found in the wall
0: oh yeah that one is inscribed in draconic that merely says one of poisoned breath wait
1: a second I clip it and then try to breathe
0: <laughs> alright uh, you, you kind of like clip it onto your belt and your armor kind of forms a, a holster for it and you try to breathe and nothing happens and then on your arm almost like as if magic a gold lining uh like tube spawns uh out of your shoulder and across your arm and opens up to a nozzle on your hand you now have the ability to use the poison gas spell we'll go over the details later but yeah it's on your robot arm
1: I guess I better read this note and then I will unveil
0: it. You open the note and it says, Dear Adventurer, My name is Valdrig, Valdrig Ghostvich and I have been receded. You may not have heard of me, but I have heard of you and your great feats. And I ask you to join me for brunch, biscuits, and a job offer in my mansion at Dartrock, Oddsvitch now a boat will come to pick you up at your respective location do not not ask no do not ask how they know your respective location they are my associates and this envelope is magical but a schooner will arrive with the rest of your group and you shall board it on your way to the port there you will land at a city called darchok and just off the road from Darchok up a small hill is my mansion. Join me for brunch and uh, I'll discuss more of these details, but just know that this job is not for the faint of heart, but I trust you'll be able to do it well. Sincerely, Baldrig Ghostvich. Okay, um, quickly, as I read this note, I'm going to try to put my hand on the sheep or the
1: dagger I got, and I'm, just, I'm just missing this to put some magic into it and I'll be like, Can you hear me? There's
0: no response.
1: I, I, was thinking.
0: I just want to try it. All right. And uh, you make your way back to town where you started off your expedition. Uh, but as, as you get closer to the town, you notice moored at the docks of this uh, small coastal village is a schooner with a purple and gold flag and sitting in it is a very mysterious looking young woman. She's eldish. Uh, her clothes are black with dull gold lining. And um, she sits just contemplating, looking at the uh, village in the sky and such. Uh, the captain of the small schooner is a dwarven man. Um, he's got a huge broadsword. Uh, on his back and he's wearing a heavy cloak and he looks at you and he goes hey you're the one who is going to be on this boat I'll tell you one thing do not handen and not farden and he farten on my boot and then he uh, jumps onto the boat and he motions for you to jump on as well might as as well
1: and then I will jump onto the
0: boat you clamber onto the boat and he nods and he pulls a string and the sail opens up and Varric You are on your way to Darchok and a life full of adventure. Thank you all for listening. This was Critical Insanity. Uh, If you'd like to see more of Varric and more of this story, feel free to check out episode one coming out to be announced, where all of our party finally meets each other and their strange employer, Valdrig Ghostvich.